Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, NSCC, National Sports Collectors Convention Aftermath. The first thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comsi.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. It was a great show. Should have been there. <laughs> I think most people, many people were there. Lots of people there, lots of great people, and lots of cards, and lots of great cards. I went over my budget. I didn't go way over, but I went over my budget. I'm still very sustainable. But I was thinking on the way to the show, I just don't know if I'm going to find anything very good because there's so many people are buying and there's a limited number of cards. Well, it wasn't very limited. There were lots of cards there. And so plenty of boxes to observe or go through. I was wrong. I don't know why I'm thinking people are going to run out of cards. And I actually didn't have a theory about that. But people were asking, well, what's the best thing you got? I don't really think of it that way. When you're looking through a dollar box, your best card is a $10 card. And I, I have fun doing that. It's not about the money. It's something that I can be comfortable with. I'm very aware. And even those $10 cards, it's not like the person necessarily made a mistake putting it in there. They put in some good cards. And it's my job, if I choose to accept it, to jump in there and, and pick out uh, some better cards. It's usually in these very unorganized boxes to where there'll just be a nugget in there panning for gold. It's not fool's gold. <laughs> a $10 card is, is still good for a buck, but you got to work it. you got to work it. So I get a kick out of catching something that's very subtle. So it's not necessarily the value. Again, nothing spectacular, but it's fun for me. And then I get to sort them and sell a few off. What I noticed is that if I break down the cards, not talking about memorabilia or supplies, but if you're a collector of cards, you have a choice in order of complexity to pick out. If you get something open, you just have to know what the open prices are. And that's pretty easy to track. You know, a short list, depending on what you're interested there. Next is the showcase items, the slabs. And again, if you have a list of players and, and conditions and sets that you're interested in, that's pretty well organized. Next, you get into the kind of boxes of cards that are organized, perhaps by set, tabbed, some structure, some sorting. I don't look at any of those first three. And then the last is just the random boxes. Now, random boxes can be dollar boxes. They can be a percentage off but they're mixed up. I guess what I'm realizing is I like the fact that there's complexity there and the complexity of the hobby is so much that there are more and more of these random boxes that they just can't sort it all. So I'm providing that service to pick through and pull out cards. So I, I was thinking, I just love the long tail. I think that's my edge. I have a better understanding of obscure cards than most people. And uh, is it my edge because I love it <laughs> or love it because I have an edge? Uh, all those years of doing the almanacs, the price guide books, not just the mainstream magazines, but the price guide books that were more exhaustive and encyclopedic. I went through some half-off boxes. That is no fun for me. I won't say I'm never going to do that, but I don't like that nearly as much as just if I have a dollar box, I know it's just yes or no. Do you want it for a buck or not? So this half-off or even 80% off or 20% off, whatever it is, you've still got to do the math. You've got to go a lot slower. Whereas it's just dollar, deal, no deal. I had a, a dealer that I really liked that used to have everything priced. And it was a set discount off the marked prices from the Beckett price guide even. But they're not doing that anymore. Now everything's a percentage off. And I just don't want to do that. If something's priced according to the Beckett price guides, that's not really me anymore doing that work. But I still have a concept of what I think is over or undervalued. One tip for any of these shows, I believe that it's in my best interest to negotiate a quantity price before you get too far. If I go through one row of a dollar box and I'm pulling out a bunch of cards, I'm going to try to agree 
with the dealer if I pick out X number, what would the price be? And I, I don't want to haggle too much, but I just want to see what their price is. And if they say I'll make a good deal for us, I can't pull. If I know they're exactly a dollar, I will pull. If they're 90 cents, I'll pull a little bit more aggressively. If they're 80 cents, if they're 75 cents, the lower they go, the more I will pull because I will just calibrate off that. Now, the negotiation that's cold, give them my business card and say, hey, what's your best deal? I'm generally, in some cases, I, I know the person anyway, or Rich has already been there, or Rob Veris, which happens a lot because they're frequenting those same kind of stores. But dealers like to give a discount. They're not frustrated about giving a discount. They realize if they encourage me or anybody else to buy a bunch of cards, that's their goal. They want to, they want to sell cards. And they love repeat business, and they love the uh, appearance of activity at the table, which there was. I want to give a shout out to Chris at the Singles Club. Uh, that's the table I spent the most time with. What a simple deal. They get in a collection, the uh, commons and, and really easy stuff. They sell off the big stuff they put on eBay. This is everything in the middle and it's at a dollar. So there's some cards that are, like I said, $10 cards in there, but you, you got to look closely. The, the, the $10 card looks a lot like the 50 cent card, except it's uh, a slightly different uh, color or some other foil treatment or something. Anyway, thanks, Chris. They were full service. In fact, I felt like Las Vegas where they g gave me a free sandwich and a free drink to keep me at the table, but that was fun. By my estimation, they had about 60 double shoe boxes of basketball dollar cards, probably another 100 boxes of baseball, and about 40 boxes of football. It, it, it was a lot. So what did I do? I jumped in on football first because it was getting the least attention, wasn't as crowded, it was at the end of their booth. But I have to know how long it's going to take. Otherwise, I could have spent all weekend there. So I think I've got to go pretty fast. It's like Evelyn Wood or skimming in reading things. I've got to figure out if I do X number of cards an hour or so many boxes per hour, I can make it through and still have time to do the other things I want to do at the show. Consequently, I saw how long it took for football. I didn't even get to ba basketball. And baseball uh, was so daunting that I adopted a new strategy for baseball. And that is that I mainly looked at the cards were in top loaders. And about half of them were in top loaders. And that'll, that'll chop it in half. For the first time in my life, I developed a blister on the fifth finger of my right hand from shuffling through top loaders. What am I looking for? I, I like the local guys that I can show on my wall or in my collections, uh, various collections. Anything unusual, obviously low supply, low demand, subtle variations, color, size, stamping, foil treatments. I was picking up Matthew Stafford. He's a local guy. Plus, I think there's some upside. Jason Kidd, same thing. I've got Jason Kidds, but if he's going to be the, the coach of the Mavs, and he's a good player and a Hall of Famer and all that. We'll see how well he does, if he can have Luka Magic. Not looking for autographs and game use. If they're in a dollar box, that's going to beware. Usually, the, the subtle differences, it can be almost exactly the same front. And if you've got to flip it over to check, it's the different variation that takes twice as long. When I get done with the dollar box, the reason I'm giving kudos to Chris at, at uh, the Singles Club is that I judge the quality of the dollar box by my percentage of hits. So if I hit 1%, that's 1 out of 100. That's 25 cards out of a, one of the smaller monster boxes. Of If there's 2,500 cards in there... That's not so great. 10%. If I get 250 cards out of a monster box, and that's what I was getting from Chris. And he knows it. They're observing. They're not frustrated. Oh, look how many he's pulling out. They're excited that I'm pulling a bunch of stuff out. So 10% was great. It meant I'm going to sit down, get comfortable. It also meant for the first time I said, this chair, I need a better chair. They had two kinds of chairs, and I realized that I was in the uncomfortable chair. So I didn't steal a chair from anybody else. I said, next time one of the better chairs comes up, let me know. 
So it also meant since I was camped out there that I had customers coming up and asked me, uh, are you buying <laughs> or will you take $8 for these nine cards or something like that? And I said, it's actually not my table. On the way back, Rich Klein saved my bacon. He connected me with the triple card guys who were driving back to Dallas because I had a couple extra boxes of cards since I got so much and they were able to fit it into their driving shipment. I couldn't fit it into cards that I was taking back because I had luggage. If I'd been in Dallas, I, I might've been even more aggressively buying in Chicago. Again, this is my break experience. And people say, why do you like that? It's like opening a pack. I'm looking into a dollar box. I have no idea what's in there. And instead of somebody telling me what I want, I get to pick out what I want. But the only disappointment is if I don't get anything good or if I'm sitting there for 15 minutes and pulling nothing, well, I'm just going to move on. But uh, again, Chris, Singles Club. Also, uh, I, I'm not going to mention the others, but that's one that was uh, noteworthy. Thank you for that enjoyment of the show. The card aspect was a, a success. In between doing podcasts and meeting, it was fun to sit there and visit with people. I had some occasional visitors uh, tapping me on the shoulder while I'm a captive audience sitting there looking at cards. So thanks, everybody. Fabulous National. And uh, I'll see you next year. And I'll see you before it. I'll be back on Monday with another episode.